Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Common Geeking Program, a book club podcast um, where we discuss various topics from geeky and nerdy perspectives. This week's episode is on Demolition Man by Listener Request, and uh, we'll be talking about hopeful endings to films about dystopia or just the <laughs> element of hope um in dystopian environments i yeah, have i guess um because usually a future movie is all about the dystopian future but this one's all about that utopian future although dystopias definitely feel sometimes like well that sounds like that's easy just like live sounds like a hard life but it sounds simple and like i can make choices like mad max you're either dead or you're fucking doing something you know which is it's yeah and it's, it's a, either you're dead or doing something. it is important to remember <laughs> well, I, just, I feel i feel like that <laughs> uh good is always relative <laughs> So, you're right. So if doing good means not dead, then hey, we're all doing great. A Morton Joe for president. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have with me today. Who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go first. You have I, me, Ryan Mossbarger. I have come from your dreams to tell you about things you already know about. <laughs> <laughs> and I am representing Encino Man, which shares at least one word with the topic that we're talking about, which it's a, uh, to get a little technical about it, it is a 1992 movie uh, starring uh, Sean Astin, Polly Shore, and as the titular Link, a very young Brendan Fraser, where oh they thought God. out... where they thaw out a frozen caveman and then become cool kids at a high school with the help of their new shaved caveman friend. Yep, that's that's how Polly Short got his career. That's a fact. And who else do I have with me here today? You have uh, you have me, Keenan, Keenan Kodish. I've heard. I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna introduce myself any further because you should. You already know it's your boy. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about Horizon Zero Dawn, which uh, is a 2017 game. Uh, it's a PS4 exclusive, so, you know, automatically good in my book, you know. Uh, it follows the story of uh, Aloy, who is a hunter in a post-apocalyptic setting where the world's kind of overrun by machines who kind of act out like animals, and she sets out to uncover her past. So we've got some post-apocalyptic, you know, and kind of things developing, you know, what happens after kind of a thing. I see, I see. And I, of course, am your host, Jonavi. And I'm just here to talk about Demolition Man with these two lovely gentlemen here. Can we acknowledge that real quick? That, like, Demolition Man's apocalypse is the 90s. Like, the worst thing they were like, all right, well, clearly we're not going to survive the 90s. Do you see how many layers we wear? We wear shirts and then button-ups and then jackets and then hoodies. We're going to die, guys. All right. Well, for this one, um, I'm going to ask you guys for some help in summarizing Demolition Man, because I, as I understand it, you guys are both like well-versed in the world of Demolition oh, yeah, Man seen, and have, have seen, seen it. I have seen Demolition yes. Man like 50 fucking times. All right. <laughs> I'm not so saying I almost so, rioted when, see, my, 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 my station, they got like a parental lock. On the, on the TV, and so I saw Demolition Man, and I clicked on it, and then said it was locked, and I almost rioted. So that's that's right. my familiarity with it. <laughs> Summary beginning. Imagine, all right, black screen, 
and then the camera slowly glides over a hilltop and then a burning sign of uh, <laughs> a burning sign of Los Angeles happens. You, you fly over that, and then John Spartan on a helicopter, uh, shit talking with two uh, pilots about uh, Simon Phoenix. Also, John Spartan is the lead. He is uh, played by Stallone. Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, then a bunch of shit happens. Uh, Simon Phoenix, by the way, is Wesley Snipes. Who's yeah. doing kind of like West- a blonde hair thing? Yeah, doing it. He's very '90s. We're at peak '90s, uh, fucking everybody. And so, uh, John Spartan is an anti-terrorist cop, I believe, like an anti-terrorism police force. And Simon Phoenix has basically taken over some of the slums of L.A. and is like ruling it like a king. And his last little thing that just happened is he abducted a bunch of uh, bus people, people on buses just for shits and gigs and to draw John Spartan out. And John Spartan, ignoring his orders, runs out to the, well, actually runs. He's on a chopper and, like, fucking dives onto the scene, which is insane. As a great um, poet one once thing said, leads to another. get to the chopper. Yeah, get to the chopper. A bunch yeah, of stuff he- happens. Uh, a big explosion happens. And then after he arrests uh, Simon Phoenix, he realizes, dun, 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 the hostages were in the building the entire time. Granted, um, I, Phoenix did lie to him. And, like, he seemed to have an established uh, he, reputation as murdering people. He was a lying yeah. liar who lies. And yeah. in, in a thing that would really honestly never happen in real world the cop got arrested for doing a bad thing and um, went to jail, but not any jail. They went to 1996 cryo prison. So Simon Phoenix, a person who legitimately was at fault for killing all of these people, got a bunch of, what was it, like 150 years in a ice cell or whatever. And then John Spartan got like a similar sentence for some, like basically yeah. identical in sentence. In the California cryo penitentiary. <laughs> Which, because yeah, it was such a, a weird scene. You get to see you get to see Stallone get all nuded up and then frozen by a shiny blue crystal thing. Fast forward, ice cube. Fast forward to I believe twenty thirty three. Yep. No, sorry. I'm, I'm doing this all from the dome. Yeah, twenty thirty two. The dome. enigmatic Doctor Cocteau, who has who is basically brought up civilization from the brink of extinction he you know brought la together and eventually la merged with san francisco in some way even though there nah, were it, was, of miles uh, apart. it was san diego oh I san diego maybe santa barbara i don't know okay it's yeah, like that yeah. whole little that anyway whole now it's all just like yeah. a metropolis called san angeles yeah it's san all angeles it's this big metropolis. Everything that is considered bad for you is illegal in this, which anything bad is like cursing, salt, fat, um, having sex, uh, having children. Pregnancy oh, without I mean, a license. Yeah. Well, no, you can't have sex. There is no sex in this future. They, no, there um, is. It's just no, no, gross. no. It's virtual sex. They don't actually touch each other. What they, she's, I don't think um, it's bad, though. No, Sandra Bullock specifically says biological conception is banned. You have to get your juices extracted, cleaned, and then they, like, grab an egg, and I think, like, they put it in the woman. But that's it. There's no actual sex. No red meat. Um, everything is a Taco Bell. All the restaurants, there was something They won the franchise, the franchise wars. wars. And so now every restaurant what, is Taco Bell. Yeah, so Taco Bell took down Wendy's. They took down McDonald's. They took down um, Chipotle because Chipotle would have existed at some point. Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes president at some point in this oh, yeah, timeline. The Schwarzenegger Presidential Library. Yeah. What, Which, and I think this movie was <laughs> released before um, he became the governor. So that made it extra funny. Yeah. 
It is insane. So all this stuff happens. And then uh, Dr. Cocteau, who is kind of like a person that's fostered this entire um, utopian society, there is this guy who's leading these sewer rat type of people that don't want to basically... Also, the leading music trend of the time, of this time, is listening to uh, commercials, like commercial jingles from like the 40s so like i'm an oscar meyer wiener so imagine a future that's the oldies yeah they they pump it out to the oldies but not actual songs because that's like weird i guess so yeah. because of this a lot of people fucking hate this future so they decide to live in the sewers and occasionally raid the uh the above ground to get food and stuff for whatever reason this really puts like this really like so, this guy edgar friendly who's like de facto leading this faction of people uh <laughs> is completely oblivious for the most part of Dr. Cocteau doesn't really care about him. He just wants him to like, fuck off. I also appreciate that, uh, Edgar friendly was just motivated by eating like tasty food. Yeah. He wanted (laughs) to eat. He wanted to eat bad food. That was literally his whole speech. He wanted to get blowjobs. He wanted to like coat himself in green jello and run down the street naked, but also go to a greasy spoon and eat shitty food. Literally, entire B- A to B. You, his, yeah, this his, is his, truly his the purest motivation <laughs> yeah. that so I've ever heard. What, uh, what Nobody had to die or though, anything. He just wanted yeah, to eat some good food. The main conflict is that uh, Simon Phoenix, you know, gets released early by accident, quote unquote, or oh. was it? And he's like been programmed with all like the future tech, you know, super spy killer shit. Yeah. So they're like and every the... form of martial arts known to man. Yeah. yeah. So, in, so instead the thing of is, in the future, we have a bunch of like all the cops haven't like had a real like fight or like a real criminal in like forever. So the one cop literally yeah. pulls out his manual, and the manual says, "Tell him to like like <laughs> surrender." Yeah. And if he is like, "Oh, he's being rude. What do I do?" It's like. <laughs> Say it again, but this time forcefully. Like, the guy, like they're freaking out, so they don't know how to deal with him. So they have to unfreeze John Spartan, who can't. They have deal to unfreeze a real the last cop. True man that they have in the freezer. Yeah, um, but yeah, but all this stuff worry, happens. Oh, yeah. Doctor, so I'm going to do some spoilers above ground, uh, like before we get into the story. Spoilers just to above speed things ground. Up. So Doctor Cocteau organizes the release of Simon Phoenix for yeah. for one reason. He literally takes the world's worst uber murderers, like I need you to kill Mister Edla Friendly, and like oh, a bunch of weird shit happens. And of course, he makes sure that like Simon can't kill him, but then he doesn't do like a good enough job programming him, so like he can't just ask somebody else right next to him to kill him, which I thought was really dumb <laughs> but, but a bunch of I stuff happens we had a but really yeah. cool cast uh you know going rob like, schneider like, yeah sandra yeah, bullock schneider. uh sandra bullock has like his lieutenant love interest who's really cool because she like wants to be a badass but like that sounds like an archetype like, loves... name if i ever heard one <laughs> lieutenant yeah, love like, interest <laughs> Okay. Um, who just wants to, you know, like she wants to. What is her name? Like Anna Lisa or something? No, it's it's like I don't know. It's Huxley. I remember that. It's yeah, it is Huxley. Leanna Huxley. Yes. Oh, wow. Huh. Turns out, like, the cast was going to be very different. Apparently, John claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal were going to be, were offered John Spartan. Would not have been the same. And Simon Phoenix yeah, was offered to Jackie movie. Chan. That huh. would have been so fucking good. <laughs> no, that would have been really unsettling. Imagine, I don't I, no, know. I would have been. Jackie Chan being like, Simon says, <laughs> just killing a bunch of people. Simon <laughs> says, die. <laughs> With the same well, blonde hair. 
<laughs> one day in the future when we have movie simulator and you can dreamcast all of your favorite movies. That's yeah, is what um, we'll do. Let's see, who else we have? We have Nigel Hawthorne playing Dr. Cocteau. As Dr. Cocteau. Uh, Benjamin Bratt as like this nerd Dennis cop Leary. who's just like tries to be like a cool cop but he like just like singing the well giant he's like a whip but he turns out he turns yeah. out to be totally into like rat burgers all right and, all right like, guys real real quick though tell me how the movie ends gotta uh, well, get moving with the summary with them freezing they like they, they end up going back to like of course it comes down to simon phoenix and john Spartan, and they're fighting in the Imano, prison where it Imano. all began and somehow like it gets you know a tussle happens He's covered with like the gross stuff, uh, the goo, and then John Sparn throws it at him and like tells him to cool off. Oh yeah, there, there's these for the cryogenic freezing. They like fill you full of goo, and then they drop this little blue shiny crystal, and it instantly freezes everything. So that happens. Like he gets some water on him, he puts the little blue crystal, and then I'm pretty sure he fucking wrecks him and causes him to shatter. If I remember correctly, yeah, he definitely. Like, doesn't he or, punch him and his face shatters? I don't know if he punches him. I definitely know like he shatters. I don't know if it was all, all right. Yeah, um, but we we kind of hammered that little bit. But beginning to end, John Spartan is a, a real cool dude. Frozen for doing the for doing a bad thing. Uh, well, thawed no, because so another beginning... bad guy is unthawed. He didn't, I mean, yeah, it was a trick, but he didn't know it was a trick. Like, no, he's using a 1996 thermal camera. Like, you can't expect it to work 100% of the time. But yeah, unthawed because another bad guy is unthawed and they can't handle it because they're a bunch of, honestly, I'm going to use the word pussies. And, they really um, are. One thing leads to another. They uncover uh, this kind of plot by Dr. Cocteau, uh, Dr. Cock, to kill Edgar Friendly because he's not so friendly. And uh, then uh, John Spartan kills the bad guy and uh, maybe has biological sex with Sandra Bullock. Who knows? All right. Oh, no, he does shatter him. He kicks his head off. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but, like, it's a family fr- picture, obviously. Uh, yeah. There are boobs at some point in it pretty early on. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's there's lots of boobs. But also, it had Jack Black in a minor role. Yeah. He was I completely missed that. <laughs> What? He's he was like wasteland just some scrap. dude running around at some point. Oh. No, he's literally, he's he stands next to Edgar Friendly for like half a second when he's doing his little monologue. And you see him just like shaking his head and laughing as like some of the stuff is going on. It's, yeah. once well, you notice like, it, it's, it's very distracting. Real, it's a real, it's a real like, oh, oh, wow, wait, back that up kind of thing. Well, yeah, it's something like, like I'm sure, yeah, I'm like, if you talk to Jack Black about it, he may not actually know what you're talking about. Before we before we end this part and move on to the next section, though, because we do have a little what bit seems of time to be left. your boggle, Jonavi. Um, what? big old boggle. Have you taken up the lingo of the times? What what seems to be your bo- a boggle? <laughs> seems big to be my boggle. Is that <laughs> I I want to know real quick before we move forward. We got kind of a summary. We got a summary of like various actors and stuff in there. I enjoyed your guys's. Uh, deep watch of <laughs> Demolition Man, because I admit to never having heard of this before having to watch it for right now. And I just want to know, what is the movie about? <laughs> it's clearly about, uh, like, you know, the regulation of man's, like, more base desires. Like, what are we really? Are we, like, animals? Or are we just sentient beings who, like, are playing at being men? You see what I'm saying? See what you're saying, and this is, yeah, like it's a little bit of like this a, is a know, ca- this is a libertarian cautionary tale. 
This is what like Ron Paul, if he has a nightmare, watches. Like a bunch of men like who can't legally curse and who legally can't eat red meat and all this other stuff, dressing up as weirdos and uh, singing along to Oscar Mayer Wiener. It, like, yeah. it's terrifying to the 90s man. That's the whole, this is a this is a cautionary tale of becoming too soft. Okay. Yeah, don't become too soft or else, you know, you, you won't be able to fight Simon Phoenix when it happens. Yeah. But my, okay, my implication though, I kind of hate that a little bit, just because if you think about it, no one could have, no one handled him before. You know what I mean? Like, John Spartan was John the only guy handle it before, before, but everyone's like, "Oh man, like if if like we we could have been cool." It's like, well, no, I think you also would have been fucking useless. Well, at least before they had guns, so they could have like shot him at that telephone booth instead of just like sitting there being like, "Hey man, get on the ground." They had shocky sticks. They could have shot yeah, the stick little, him. The little black dildo things. Well, okay. Um, and what, what do you guys think of all of the, uh, Brave New World parallels? Do you think that... I actually, that's actually a hole in my, um... Thinking about it? Because I did not, I did not no, think about um, that at all. No, um, that's, uh, in my, um, my literary knowledge. All right. Uh, I actually, yeah, like, weirdly enough, like, yeah, somehow I missed that one. I don't, I really don't know how. Was that <laughs> well... the one with the, uh, the Department of Love, the Ministry of Love, or was that, or is that 1984? That I believe that was um, 1984. But anyway, you have a, a character who, whose last name is Huxley. Um, you have kind of a a, a very an over engineered world, <laughs> the beginning, and you have people who are you know outliers in that world. Um, but anyway, um, I I don't want to turn this into a uh, Brave New World <laughs> episode, but just wanted to sort of toss that in there for. Um, because that personally was the major thing that I noticed of like, oh, okay, this is uh, bringing the action movie of the 90s into the uh, literary sort of area or the literary arena of Brave New World. So interesting. Yes. So if you guys have not read it, um, given your deep love of Demolition Man, um, I would encourage you to uh, take take a peep at the the Brave New World because although it got Sylvester Stallone punching Wesley Snipes and then Wesley Snipes saying Simon says if you read the entire thing in in um, Sylvester Stallone's voice then I think that you'll get a similar effect. Um, oh, it's a Brave New World. Huh? That's pretty hey. nice. You know, brave <laughs> New World. That's pretty cool. Okay, voice. it's a Brave New World. I'm going to read this book. <laughs> oh come on! It wasn't his fault. His voice is like that. Also, I want to say that. This is the first, um, I, hold on, I'm gonna look up real quick what was the other thing that I saw Sylvester Stallone in that was, like, a bad movie, so I'm glad I saw Sylvester Stallone oh. in a good movie. Name one bad that, movie he's ever you been that, in. You can't. So many, there's so many. No, you can't name a single one. Oh my god. Besides, like, you know, that escape plan movie. Um, I did not enjoy... Sylvester Stallone in Death Race in Death Race 2000 <laughs> in Death Race 2000 is a satirical look <laughs> at consumerism and but like I guess if that's too over your head but you know Brave New World is wow okay, okay. Well, let's see here there's the porn that he did that's probably a pretty bad one uh he was in Spy Kids 3 uh, bad I don't one. know it's the he Italian was in Ants talent. bad one uh let's see Ants here. wasn't bad it was just yeah, dumb. It was so bad. Ants was Rocky. just solidly ad- adequate. 
Rocky Five bad. Um, Better stop mm, bringing up Rocky. That's like that's like Rocky Five is bad. <laughs> you can't tell me Rocky Five is not bad. All Isn't right. That the one where he has the stupid robot. No, that's when he loses the robot. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not entirely sure if you're just making up the fact that Rocky Five is real. Is Rocky Five real? Is that true? It's real. What? It's when he loses all of his money and he be- he gets poor again. It's a pretty dumb movie. Rocky Four is the one where he has a robot like sidekick. Okay. <laughs> it's the most '80s movie. Because I ever. know that Weird Al has a song called Rocky Eight. Oh my 8. god, there is Rocky Five. Um. Yeah. Have you guys never seen Rocky Five? No. Why would I have seen Rocky okay. Five? Well, there's already four other Rockies. Let and us. Be honest, we all stopped watching after Doc, Dolph Lundgren, you know, killed Apollo. Let us leave this thread, Sylvester Stallone, and move on Ooh, boy. to Ooh, boy. the next section. <laughs> all oh, right, well, let's. <laughs> I'm fucking quitting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm only a little bit sorry, though. I feel like that was worth it. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Let's stop our recording. All right. Oh, wait. Are we done? I thought we did our stuff first. Our our things. Um, I was just going to do that as part of the next bit, but... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, well, if you guys stopped, I'll stop doing the stoppies. All right. And we are back. Back and away we go. All right, now, Keenan, could you please explain yes. your domain with respect to a hopeful dystopia? So, like, like I said, Horizon Zero Dawn, um, which, by the way, I think if you haven't played, you should. You should find a way to play it or watch it. You know, um, it's a amazing game. I've played it through it multiple times and for uh you know uh, a pretty linear story game that's it's it's amazing um so like i said it follows you know this hunter who lives in a world that's like kind of overrun by these machines um the machines are like look like animals and they kind of act like animals um and she's uncovering the past but what's interesting about it is that you slowly get the because one you can kind of tell that like there are ruins that what they call like you know um like the ancient ruins which look like, oh, wait, that's like downtown, you know, like, uh, you know, Salt Lake City. Whoa, what's up with that? Um, and you, through the game, you eventually find out that, like, what happened is that there was this big, like, robot plague, basically. A bunch of self-replicating robots that fed themselves on biomass got out of control and started, like, destroying and eating everything to just kind of keep producing themselves and keep themselves, sustaining themselves. And you find oh, out that this was, that was, like, a, th- like, like, a few thousand years ago, um, mm-hmm. if not like a hundred thousand years ago or something. Um, so, because uh, they call it like the, the ruins of the old world, which is like pretty cool. Um, but what's cool about it is that the humanity has survived extremely well. Um, you find out that there's all these different, you know, um, smaller communities, these tribal, you know, there's a. Uh, there's the Nora, where we're set, which are, you know... And there's also the Karja, and the Asaram, and a few other, you know, the Banuk. And humanity has survived, and has, you know, into these kind of scattered, limited, you know... Uh, with limited access to technology, because most of their technology is from um, the technology that, you know already existed but now it's the 31st century and no one knows where it is but it's kind of cool because it kind of like incorporates all the technology and the machines into like religion and politics and all that kind of you know and culture and stuff 
So um, why is it a hopeful dystopia? Well, because like- one, because one, um, for the most part, um, apocalypse seems and dystopia always seems to partic- uh, depict two things, in my opinion. Either a, it's like hardcore apocalypse dystopia, where like it's a hellscape and like everything has to fight to survive, you know, mm-hmm. or. It's B, which is like, well, after, you know, we change stuff and it's a dystopia, you know, we need to actively, like, break free from it because it kind of represents all that's bad in society, right? But what um, Horizon Zero Dawn does is says, well, what if that happens? But, you know, we just, you know, continue being human. Um, And after, like, you know, this kind of dystopia, this post-apocalypse setting is actually, like, very full of life and hope and everything because, you know, humanity survived. You know, I'm not going to get too much into exactly how they survived um, because it's a really cool plot and there's a lot of cool twists and turns that are, like, kind of amazing. Um, so I won't reveal that, but basically that, you know, in the 31st century, you know, like, um, you know, a thousand years later, yes. uh, humanity has survived and, you know, so it not only the fact ha- of survival grown into is its the own hopeful culture, thing? Yeah. Well, I don't think not just, just survival, but like, it's that it's not actively being threatened or there is that, you know, um, like it's not like a terrible version of itself. I mean, there is bad stuff in Horizon Zero Dawn. Like there, a big mm-hmm. plot point was that previously the Karja in like the lore, the Karja Empire, quote unquote, was like raiding other like tribes and murdering them and using human sacrifice and all that stuff. Um, but the fact yeah, that they that survived and developed into like these very unique um, cultures, mm-hmm. I think is kind of like, you know, hope that like humanity won't just become this, you know, devolved, barbaric, quote unquote, you know, um, society. That's like, it's, it's not going to be like, you know, Mad Max for all kind of fighting for ourselves. Or it's not going to be like Demolition Man, where we're all being regulated by, you know, someone to prevent said Mad Max scenario that, like, humanity will just continue mm-hmm. being humanity. And I think that that's kind of like a hopeful thing that will survive. And we won't lose, like, the parts of what humanity makes humanity good, you know, our, like, tenacity, our endurance, our uh, loyalty. But also, like, the negative also comes with that, you know, our barbarism, our, you know, our drive to, you know, kind of dominate. So I think that humanity surviving but maintaining both the good and bad of itself is what it gives us hope okay thank you thank you very much and now your turn ryan ryan so we're we're gonna talk about encino man which Mm. honestly shares about 75 percent of the plot of demolition man in rough terms uh oh that's right because john spartan learns how to how to rollerblade right yeah <laughs> yeah john spartan learns how to rollerblade well he does learn how to knit so yeah I, I give it to him uh so i picked it because i thought it it followed the story but kind of in a backwards way so demolition man uh dude from the 1996 gets frozen pops back up in the future um futures not i mean it's pretty dissimilar from what he has an encino man caveman gets frozen you could consider it almost like a post-apocalyptic time that he gets frozen i mean there's no technology there's no medicine he was probably gonna die i mean he's 18 or whatever he was probably like almost he was like a geriatric man honestly for caveman terms um gets frozen wakes up in 1992 
That's the same year I was born. He's Brendan Fraser. It was guy. The year before this uh, Demolition Man movie came out. Yeah. So he's got a whole future ahead of him. You know, he's Mm -hmm. got Sean Astin as his best friend. He's got Polly Shore. Literally, like they named him not Polly Shore, but he's fucking Polly Shore for all intents and purposes. Like that's pretty great. He is in a an actual and physical utopia in Sino. Oh my California, god, that was Sean in Austin. Nineteen ninety six. Like, come on. Oh I mean, wait, no, it's a uh, nineteen ninety two. Sorry. Yeah, that that he 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 popped up in a real, not just some fake like you can't eat red meat utopia, but he went from like eating shitty meat to being able to get a Slurpee and what seemed to him probably only. So wait a minute, a few you're you're, you're saying that to. <laughs> So you're saying that to, um, you're, you're saying that, you're saying that 1992, uh, 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 Los Angeles is the utopia? Oh yeah, in that situation, his best friend is Sean Astin and Paul, best friends, Sean Astin, Polly Shore. Slurpees. Half of uh, those are grindage. Right there. I'm glad he's got you, nug. Uh, he's got grindage and chillin'. Because I like this whole thing of like you know uh, utopia being in the eye of the beholder, and yeah. if it's like you're not dead and you get all of this sweet, Fucking sweet, calorie rich slurpee, then I mean I can I can see it. I buy it. I can't remember the exact wording they use for drinking slurpees. I will find it though. It's like squinching the, squinch the slurp or something squinch like that. Squinching the slurp. Because it's, it's Polly Shore. It's Polly Shore language. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just think about that. Think about that. You, you're you're literally living in sin. Wheeze the juice. You got to wheeze the juice. That's when you just like put your mouth up to the spigot of a slushy machine. Wheeze the juice. Um, and Polly Shore is all about nug. Chillin' and grindage. And guess who gets all about Nug, Chillin' and Grindage? His name is Link in the movie, but caveman Brendan Fraser named Link. And I think that's that's true utopia. 1992 Polly Shore is the best a caveman can honestly hope for. Would in the terms of existence. Well, better than I'm sure a caveman could imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's insane. Um, We should all strive to be as to strive for a future that would be. Can you tell me how Encino Man ends for the sake of summary? Uh, So Encino Man ends. So uh, the entire time Sean Astin character and Polly Shore's character are kind of feuding a little bit and how they should treat the caveman character. They both want something from him. Um, Sean Astin's character wants to be popular and so to some extent to Polly Shore, but Polly Shore really wants a man to enjoy Nug chilling and grindage with him in the same way. But Sean Astin's too much of a, like a, 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 a tightwad. He's too much of a, not a tightwad, but a, a square. Let's put it that way. He's too much of a square. And the ending is that they all become super popular and they go to a dance and the uh, Brendan Fraser comes up with his own original caveman dance and everybody sings along and dances along. And then they get back to the house and his uh, caveman girlfriend, who's briefly seen in the beginning before the uh, before the title rolls, she's back. She was thought out, too. And she's like, really? She's pretty hot. And they clean her up and get all the mud and off of her. she's pretty hot. he's got a boo thing. Yeah, she's, like, real hot. And, like, Brennan Fazier's got a girlfriend. And they're going to, like, do girlfriend-boyfriend stuff with Polly Shore and Sean Astin. Because Sean Astin's got a girlfriend now, too. Polly Shore, I assume, is just going to fuck all of them in some way. But 
Like, Fun. whatever, man. It's going to be so great. Plenty of nugs also, and chugs. Also, as of 2019, it is Jonathan Key Kwan's most recent role in American movies. You know. Yeah, I saw from, that. Uh, it's short so round. That's a yeah, really weird from... way to say it, though. Isn't that a weird way to say it? As of <laughs> I 2019. Like how they have that so, yeah, it's so close to the top of Encino, man. It must be there. It must be a guy who's just waiting for it not to be that he can just take it off. <laughs> yeah, All it's right. Just, it's just a weird way to say. It. Oh, by the way. Well, thank y'all for those summaries of your domains. Now that we know what Demolition Man's about, we know what um, Encino Man and... uh, I'm sorry, what is the name of yours? Horizon of the... Zero Dawn. Horizon Horizon of the Zero Dawn. Okay. No, it's just Horizon Uh, Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. There's Zero Dawn. Yeah, Horizon and then like the two little dots. I don't know the title. Uh, You know, I'm sure Kyle would snicker and be like, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, well... Yeah, let's nugs, chill, and grind, bros. Nugs, chill, and grind. Being able to swear without paying a fine um not dying from like marauding gangs trying to murder you i mean this all sounds pee good like that sounds pretty hopeful um anyway shall we get into the discussion sure let's discuss the fuck out of this movie i got so many hot fucking takes on demolition man really if you really right. think about it, if if you look past Simon Phoenix, who is like the absolute villain of this movie, mm-hmm. John Spartan is the secondary villain. He's going no, to cause I'm, he's going to cause the I'm, society to fall back into chaos. Oh, the no, only, I'm tired of your yeah, knocking smack yeah, about John yeah. Spartan. He's going he to while he's boning down while he's boning down with an Anita Huxley. Like he's going to be bringing his suave action hero good looks and he's going to rule that fucking city with an iron fist from the police department. And everybody's going to start drinking beers, eating spicy food, you know, God forbid. doing grindage. And smoking nugs, and the whole place is gonna be back. It's gonna be on fire in ten years. I, Man, I guarantee just, you're just, you. You're just, you know, you're just, uh, you're just Doctor Cateau. Is that what? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing? Because that's what it sounds like. It without, sounds like that's what we're doing. Without okay, the stable, okay. Cotto, without the stable and Can moderate we... hand of Doctor Cocteau, that oh, place. Would I'm, just not saying, so I'm not saying. I'm not saying Doctor In Demolition Man, you would have unfrozen uh, a cryo criminal. <laughs> Just to murder Edgar Friendly. I'm not saying you're Dr. Kato, though. It's a good plan. I just would have programmed the cryo criminal to not be... Because you can order it. You can, like, implant in his head that he can't kill you. I would have done, like, and... And you can't tell anybody to kill me. Well... And you love me. Boom. There. Friends. I fixed yeah. it. Friends. But not in a... Like, you don't want to fuck me kind of way. Yeah, in, like, awkward. a protective, like, best friend, like, you know, really close kind of way. It wasn't okay yet in the 90s. Um. Anyway, what I wanted to ask, my first question for you <laughs> demolition man scholars here... Is the villain in the movie set up to be Dr. Cocteau? What do you think that his villainy is really what was wrong with the society or with the plot? Or, like, tell me what do you like? What do you, which character do you think, like, kind of embodies what is 
dystopian or like what is bad about the society oh i think they both do it in the same way uh mm-hmm. just uh, sorry i think they both do it in like the because on one hand you have simon phoenix who is like this you know this violent psycho criminal right who kind of embodies everything that we're scared like of becoming but then also like dr gato is also the thing that we're scared of becoming in attempts like like the classic like um you know the the the, the old saying you know the path you take to avoid destiny yeah. is often the one you meet it on yeah, so like it's like yeah, we don't want to become pieces of shit, so we won't like murder people. In fact, we'll be, we won't do anything wrong. In fact, we'll make sure that we never do anything that could even closely be interpreted as wrong, and no one else will ever either. And then you become Dr. Raymond Cato, who you know makes it that people apparently can't eat red meat or salt because Things that's that are how worried we are about being bad. You know? Yeah, there is there is that question of if you eliminate. I mean, if if you become a if the complete nanny state where anything bad for you becomes illegal, do you really, are you really truly free and happy? Like, yeah, you yeah, can live for it, 200 years, but if you can never do what you want, what's the difference between that and prison? Yeah, or it's like, you know, it's like being a, like an extreme pacifist. It's like, I'm so pacifist, I'm willing to kill for peace. It's like, well, I mean, God defeated Ooh, the purpose Look here. like we hit, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. I don't know what you mean, I don't know what you mean. All right, all right. Well, I mean, I, I have to share that when I was watching this movie, it reminded me of the giver except with guns and sylvester stallone oh my god the giver though that was a terrible movie and an annoying book to read <laughs> i i did not even i did i didn't know it was a movie but i was made to read the book um well, we but it was kind of like that of that like book. you know your 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 uh your experiences are kind of like being muted in all of these artificial ways uh and so that to, murdered and like you can't get a heart on um so yeah, all right, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. But um, all right, moving on to question number two. According to your guys's media, um, when you guys brought up the topic of like a hopeful dystopia, can you mm-hmm. explain to me either with respect to like kind of storytelling or narrative structure, or with respect to like um, you know the entertainment factor or. I want to know what's different in a hopeful dystopia versus just like any random possible future that isn't completely horrible nor completely great. <laughs> Wait, well, I thought I thought well, Demolition Man, the place that takes place, I would say that it is a it's a utopia. It's a uh, it's a utopia that that's we don't want. But no, I mean that's a dystopia. dystopia. That's a dystopia. Well, no, it's there's no violence anymore. I mean, it's not. They even don't. I wouldn't even yeah, say no it's like a dystopian. At all. It's not even the dystopian cliche of like, yeah, everything's perfect, everybody's happy, but we know we own slaves, or oh, we kill the people that don't meet a certain genetic criteria, or blah blah blah. Like at the end of the day, when you really think about, it, you can't cuss, you can't eat red meat, you can't do some of this stuff, but you still have a lot of personal freedom. So I would say it's. It's it's a fine line between a utopia and dystopia, but I would say you, Demolition Man is utopia. Okay, I mean, I no, think I would say it's. A... I don't, I don't, I don't think it is because I think what defines like a hopeful, you know, dystopia as opposed to like a really dystopia is the lack of extremes. Like I think of like Horizon Zero Dawn and kind of you know, um, and you know, uh, Encino Man. It's it's like it's not drawn to an extreme end you know the idea of what happened or like the attempt to achieve an idea like you know it's like we're all not running around trying to murder each other for you know like a, some random resource or we're not all limiting ourselves to like you know 
me measuring every bit of our lives in extreme fashion just to prevent, you know, uh, like a bad thing from happening. We're all just kind of like existing. That's what I liked about Horizon Zero Dawn is that, yeah, there's extreme people and their extreme like actions, but for the most part, everyone's like kind of like living their life, you know, as like a person. Like you meet like sure. people who are like, what's your job? Oh, I make baskets. And like you can have a quest for them. And like, but that's mostly their whole thing. They make so baskets. Is that, so is that then like indistinguishable from like a possible future or or like, what do you think makes it um, like a utopia or hopeful dystopia? Is it dystopian I mean, just because context. of the barbarian parts? Well, I think. Well, or... I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily barbarians. That's you know, I, uh, well, you know, the quote of like, what what defines a simpler culture. You know, that's you know, sure. I mean, probably terms. all the baby Excuse death and the uh, juvenile well, I mean, death and well, people dying the thing, in their forties. No yeah, but well, I mean, we have that between, today, you know, and that's not yeah, exactly. uh, like. And would you call technology. today a dystopia? Yeah, would I mean, you call we like... have it today, but when you compare it to like even the 1920s, where I mean, people would have eight kids and they'd be lucky if half of them survived. There's the whole point of like when people had eight kids and sometimes they were stuck with eight kids is that you never know if one's gonna like kick the bucket at four from like whooping cough or something like that. So just imagine how it would be like a thousand, like in in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, because uh, I played the game and stuff. It's pretty hopeful, but in it, because it glosses over, I mean, and I think it rightly does it all the milieu of a dystopian future without probably really adequate medicine or i mean people are getting eaten by but our idea of what dinosaurs. counts as like well, adequate is based on great. what our experiences are right now so on the sliding scale of like okay now we are living in the world of demolition man and we're like wow you people only lived until like 70 or 80 that's horrible yeah. what a dystopia or like what what a like what dark ages there were in the past i mean honestly on the slider of the best best dystopia or best utopia 1992 polly shore sean astin <laughs> No, drinking slurpees. Terrible. Everything he touches. No, no, no. In 1992, he was great. He was great. He was what every person wanted to be. You could wheeze the juice. You could just <laughs> wheeze that juice. You could, I'm going to say it very slowly, you can enjoy the nug, the chillin', and the grindage. And you could just be all about that and wheezing the juice. So, how much of that is just like, though. Like, that's a very individualized experience. It's not like everyone gets to do that in the world. I mean, who knows? In the proper utopia, if we we're all plugged into a big supercomputer, we could all live like that. Now we're getting back into the Ready Player One episode, <laughs> except for the only option you have in the demo it's of Ready Player sure. One is to <laughs> nug and juice wheeze and juice. all of that stuff. You can either be polished or you can be best friends with Polly no you wouldn't Shore. be Take it or you wouldn't be Polly Shore you can't be Polly Shore it's like asking to be Jesus you can't be Jesus <laughs> you can be Jesus' best friend do though not, do not do that okay that but is, but can you be is, Sylvester Stallone apparently yeah, you, not you can be Stallone's best friend you can't be Stallone's you can't be Stallone you can be his best friend because okay. apparently your utopia is where bullies just just go it takes it takes a literal caveman and freak accident of nature to be unfrozen to get anyone fucking to stand up and deal with this fucking piece of shit weightlifting bully that's your utopia okay. yeah man <laughs> yeah last question right. you guys <laughs> last question yes. 
Life really peaked in high school for you, huh? A hundred times, yes, Keen. Please tell me. (laughs) Please tell me um, if you think that Demolition Man and its entertainment and the, you know, messages it brings is still pertinent in today's media landscape where we have lots of dystopian things to choose from. We've got like plenty of people shouting techno-fascist dystopia now. So, I mean, I'm dystopia I'm curious now. to know like do you do you think that this is still like uh first of all, like on the scale of like just being comedy to like being satire, do you think it falls more satire or falls more like just kind of goofy comedy? Tell me tell me your thoughts. Oh, satire. Very solid satire society. Solid satire. Wait, you're, saying, you're, you're saying Demolition Man is satire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Satire. I'm saying that. I'm saying that lots of the things that you guys are talking about and bringing up are, you know, specific moments that you found really funny, like different actors in it. But you haven't talked a lot about like things that you find satirical about it, which is why I'm asking. Are you kidding? I think the Taco well, no, Bell is, thing it's not is a one satire. of the it's, things ever. It's, oh, yeah, that's true. It's a that's satire. a pretty funny part. But no, it's 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 a like I said, it's a cautionary tale mm-hmm. about about what if libertarianism fails and the nanny state takes over and just makes everybody into an Oscar Mayer wiener. Well, don't, <laughs> don't put it that way. You make it sound like libertarianism is a good thing. Hey, hey, you ain't Keenan. Why don't you help me make America great again? <laughs> Stop that. Stop that right now. We're not doing this. <laughs> I'm all over the map. I'm saying, I'm saying, Polly Shore is Jesus. I'm saying that we should make America great again. All I'm saying is that if we, well, elect I just got Polly this in. Shore you were president. elected into office just now. Apparently, apparently, those comments alone got you into office. That's crazy. Sounds just as funny. Anyway, that's cool. So, so would you would you say that Demolition Man? It, you people should watch it more because it's relevant. Or people should watch it more because it's entertaining, I guess, is a Honestly, way to combine my all, questions. All serious thing, I'll, I'll be serious about my answer now. All I right. don't think Demolition Man was satire when it was made. I think. No, that was 90s, obviously satire. No, no, no. They call it satire. I think it's. I think it's satire now because of the way we view like things like toxic masculinity and some of the other aspects of the movie, but. In 1996, I doubt any of them thought what they were doing was satire. I mean, yeah, there's funny moments in it, but funny is not satire. This is supposed to be like a 90s action movie. um, And the whole conceit of it is how terrifying it would be if like men and women got real soft. I mean, that is the whole conceit of this is like he's the one strong man in a and basically a, a, a timeline of wussies. And now however, there's another however, strong man I and he do, has to defeat him. I do want to point out, though, that I think that he kind of breaks, like, the action movie tough guy. I'm the only guy with a penis uh, trope. When, like, How does he do that? Uh, oh, you don't remember? Like, okay, so, like, it's like the Taco Deus Bell gets attacked, everybody. Um, but he, like, fights them all. Yeah, he's but a he big action the, hero. But wait, wait, in the, yeah, wait, that's... wait, 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 wait. Wait. Anyway, so they wait. run off. I told you to wait. Anyway, they run off, and he realizes they were just trying for food. And Liana, uh, Lieutenant Love, interested over there, is like, "Oh yeah, that's so hot right there. You like fucking 
fucked up a bunch of people. I love that crap. You want to, like, I don't know, do something? And he's like, no, it's not cool that I got to beat up a bunch of people. They were just hurt and starving people and scared. And that wasn't cool that we had to fight them. And I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting take. I'd expect you to, like, you know, pull some, like, three-dimensional insight into, you know, your the violence of that you project there, John Spartan. I don't know, That was know, very man. interesting. If he really felt that bad about it, he wouldn't have beat the shit out of him so hard. <laughs> he didn't kill them, and apparently later we find out he could just murder people whenever he kind of wants, you know? Well, so, that, like, I just like, want to I, say. I, I give a modicum of cred, but that was a very common thing to do in a 90s action movie, is to, like, show his soft side so he just wasn't a wanton killing machine. Like, almost all the action movies of the 90s would do something like that. Like, oh, you know, uh, I you know I don't hurt animals. I take care of birds, blah, blah, blah. Something. There's always something. Or, oh, I yeah, have this, yeah, like, no, no, cool no, grandpa that they, I take care of. So, well, Keenan, yeah, well, like, can I get your answer like to the question? Which was? Which was, um, do oh. you think, if, like, clearly you enjoy Demolition Man. You've seen it lots of times. So would yes. you say that other people should watch Demolition Man because of its relevant in its satire or do you think that they should watch demolition man because it's very entertaining uh look how may it's very entertaining it's a fun time it's a bunch of good one mm-hmm. but also because it just kind of make you uh think about like a little bit about where we're going or, like where do we draw the line because i think you know it's like language policing in in of itself it's kind of you know uh an interesting weird thing we do because on one hand yeah we shouldn't be saying like racial slurs on the other hand like there's a little bit more nuanced things that like like with swearing and cussing like is it professional can you you know what exactly defines a cuss you know kind of a thing or like you know is intelligence defined by cuss you know are there some words that like we ban that are actually not like you know the reason why they're like banned is for stupid reasons it's kind of like you know like we ban you know uh you know because you can't really kill a mockingbird yeah just because, like, they say the N-word, but, like, it's about racism. It'd be really weird if, like, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like if you wrote a racist character in your movie, right? But, like, they didn't do anything racist because, you know, if you wrote a character that did that sort of thing, you'd get your stuff banned. It'd be really weird if they didn't say racial stuff. You know what I mean? It's like if Django okay. Unchained, no one said the, like, none of the white dudes said the N-word. Like, they're supposed to be racist. They're bad guys. They're not presented as good guys that, like, also use the N-word. But, yeah. Well, I think just, I think right. kind of, like, it does make you think a little bit into, um, like, how some things are a little bit more nuanced. But, like, like no violence is good. Maybe, like, the fact that I can't swear, like, is a really weird choice. Also, salt. It's a spice, guys. Like, relax. I mean, it's not like, you know, a real spice, but still. of life and with that the spice I think, of life is paprika we are ready to move into the ratings um now i already have kind of like a certain that you both really like demolition man so we'll give it one out of whatever you're talking about so i like it but i, I acknowledge I think- it's many thoughts I, I no, think I think we we gotta do something a little different then for this rating section because I'm sure I'm sure you guys would both have very very understandable. Wow, you're gonna high stack ratings. the deck 
for for Demolition Man. Are you wheezing my juice right now, Jonathan? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna sound like. Sounds um, like so what I wanted, too. what I what I would like is that I would like each of you to. Um, I don't know. I want to know who likes Demolition Man more because right now I can't tell. <laughs> I'd like. I I'd like Demolition Man. your case so as to why more. you like Demolition Man more than the other person on this episode. So I have him tattooed on my yeah. on my chest. So I don't know. Well, I um, mean, seems like I don't know. I feel like we should just put the regular ratings. Seems like a loaded. I don't know. I don't want to play. This game, to be honest. <laughs> bear with me. Bear with me. I'm feeling. I'm feeling boisterous today. <laughs> Would like it to know. Like it feels. It feels like you're riding like. The, I love the, the, Demolition the Man enough that I would options. straight up stab one of you to watch it again. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Um, do I win? I do I get the? Do I get the prize? Ever, but that was. That was yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to play this game just because, like, I don't. I, one, I want to reveal how much I love Demolition Man. And two, okay. I don't want to, like, reveal what I'm willing to do for Demolition Man in case I ever have to d- do those dark deeds. Okay. All right. That's. Unless I have to do what? them and I, there's audio. <laughs> well, I don't, want, I, I I just, I don't do. want you guys to read in, like, paper about some fucked up shit that happened and then you'll be like, hey, Kia, how you doing? I'm like, oh, really good. I had to. I had to watch. I watched Demolition Man the other day. I had to do a couple weird things to do it, but it, they were totally <laughs> worth it. Okay. Well, I. I had to kill a man. <laughs> because I don't want to be stabby stabbed. Um. I guess we can do a regular rating now. I just wanted to see what would happen. I really wanted to know who would confess to liking Demolition Man more than the other. But anyway, uh, Ryan, please rate Demolition Man one out of, um, sorry, one to five out of, um, I don't know. I guess we'll call them uh, one, one to five, like little blue diamond thingies you get frozen with. What are they called? I was actually thinking. That. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. Cryo crystals. Cryo crystals. One to five oh, cryo God. crystals. Fucking fucking six out of five cryo crystals. All right. This is this is a great movie. It's a cautionary tale about what happens when you uh, you're just too good at your job and you blow up a building. Because honestly, you don't get a name like Demolition Man without being good at blowing up buildings. So he just really walked into that trap by Simon Phoenix. And oh man, it's 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 good. It's like oh, so much '90s, so much like uh, the '90s version of the future where everybody's wearing like slightly Japanese clothing and <laughs> just like doing weird shit and eating Taco Bell. I love it. Uh, all right, good shit, it, good shit. I'll give it five out of five. Perfectly full, never like too much or too little. It's right where you want it to be on all <laughs> You got your drama moments. You got your actors. Like I said, you got like, you know, Nigel Hawthorne for the serious moments. You got Dennis Leary for the kind of crazy weird moments. You got Sylvester Stallone for the action moments. You got Sandra Bullock for like, you know, just kind of hanging out. Because like, let's be honest, who doesn't just like Sandra kind of Bullock? Hanging out. I don't know. <laughs> Like okay. fashion, and also you got a bunch of like little people in weird roles. You got Bill Cobb shows up. You got David Patrick Kelly as like a background guy. You got Jack Black as a background guy. You have Jesse Ventura as a background guy. You have Rob Schneider as a little bit more than a background guy, but still like a basically a background guy. You got a bunch of cool people showing up. Well, so I think right. like, it's just it's just worth it. Um. 
Well, thank you both for your participation. Um, Wait, so Just Johnny, this Benjamin wasn't your Brad choice. You should win. rate it also. Oh, that's right. That's right. It wasn't my choice. Um, but I am glad to have the privilege of finally hosting a listener pick episode. Um, I, you know, I must say, uh, I got, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Demolition Man, uh, four out of five cryo crystals. Not enough. I did very much enjoy watching it. Uh, I was highly entertained. Um, it was what I needed in this sort of, like, uh, really weird long week I had last week. Um, but I have to say I could not give it all... I could not give it the fifth cryo crystal simply whoa, because whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not. <laughs> what? Well, let's. let's what? what? Explain. Explain. I, c- I could Explain, not please. give. I could not give it the full cryo crystals because you know what? Um, I was a little. I was a little turned off at how pawn-like Sandra Bullock's, Bullock's character was throughout the whole thing. She was very accessory as a character. <laughs> Are you saying she doesn't pass the Bechdel test? This movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test? I'm saying Saying that this movie does not pass the Jonavi test for having every character sort of have a point that's not just kind of to be there. She has a point. She's, I mean, uh, what is it? There's a, she's she's, she's showing him the future. He's playing the everyman at a time. Um, I, I, I disagree. I don't think she's there to facilitate his greatness. He, yeah, she, she facilitates. <laughs> okay, she's. If this was a, if this was one to five cryo crystals on like best facilitation by Sandra Bullock, then this. <laughs> then she would get it, or this movie would get it. But um, let's be honest, she's got about as best a role she can have in a movie called Demolition <laughs> Man. It could have been, you know what? It could have been about man. like the demolition of man. It could have been demolition, comma man. Like, come on, demolition man. Just a bunch of chill dudes with like wrecking balls. But anyway. Um, I did, I did still very much enjoy the movie. I liked it for what it was. I don't think I've reached the, um, the heights you guys have in your repeated viewings of Demolition Man. Perhaps if I were to watch it repeatedly, it would grow on me. Um, but in any case, I did still very much enjoy the movie and I was glad for the opportunity to watch it. So let us wrap up right about now. Um, thank you to our listener who picked this episode topic um it was a mr mike ketchin thanks very much for listening and you too other listener who is not mike ketchin um may may be able to have your own listener pick episode on you know a topic of your choosing if you interact with one of the posts of coming geeking program in the future um so please do that like comment subscribe engage engage with us online and um that find us in our homes really happy come to where we live really get to know us um before ties to chairs and like you know like access personal questions duct tape our mouths don't let us say don't yeah it's not don't let us tell you what you want to hear yeah but here's the thing like duct tape our mouths so that way like the answers you can just imagine are the ones you want to hear because like what if we're disappointed this is getting a little this is getting a little too kinky for me so i'm gonna award gold star student award (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know, call me prudish. 
Um, Duct tape is all about fucking, you know, uh, uh, fixing stuff and being a man. man. Just like this movie? No. I think this movie was about Sylvester Stallone being not psychopathic enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyway. He would have been it's more about... effective at killing if he was more psychopathic. <laughs> it's true. But he anyway, anyway. Um, the gold star student, which I guess we'll call it the gold... Um, Seashell. Uh, uh, let's... Taco Bell. Yeah, the gold Taco Bell. The gold Taco Bell. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give it... I'm gonna have to give it to to Ryan over here because I really don't want to be stabbed. Ah! But Keenan, you oh, did. Are you wheezing my juice right now? <laughs> you did a fa- you guys both did a fantastic job. I really enjoyed hearing about each of your topics, and this was um, an engaging and fruitful discussion. Um, so thanks very much. I suppose we've already said uh, our listener adieus and goodbyes, but once again. Um, I am Jonavi Iyer. I've been the host of this episode. And if uh, you guys would like to sign off. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I am Demolition Man's winner, Ryan Mossberger. Um, <laughs> wow. If you need you to find me. If you need to find me, I can be reached at uh, on Twitter and at Twitter on and at. Um, at uh, Ryan underscore M-O-S-S-B. I can also uh, be found sometimes, you know when you like you look up at a light sometimes and you see that little floaty thing go across your eye and it's like barely there and kind of translucent? That's me. That I'm doing that. So if you fo- if you can find a way to focus in on that and then say Beetlejuice five times, not three times, five times, I will appear behind you and stab you and then watch Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Thanks for that, and, uh, Keenan? <laughs> hey, it's Keenan Cronish, you already know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys both again for join- joining me, and thank you, beloved listener, for listening to this episode of the, uh, ta- so, uh of us talking about the glorious demolition man. <laughs> and of this podcast! A helpful, <laughs> uh, dystopia. This has been common geeking program and uh we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye guys this episode of the common geeking program is hosted by john v Iyer, joined by ryan mossbarger and keenan kodish this episode is sponsored by june 2019 when this episode was supposed to release The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levitt, with this episode edited and with original music by me, Colin. In two weeks, we'll be back with an episode of the Common Briefing Program, where I recap geek news for the month, and two weeks after that, a book club format reinvented by Jeff. And in the meantime, commongeekingprogram.com has everything you need for this show and two others. How you doing at Dice Popular? Very different, very fun. Check those out, and for now, thank you for listening to this. Black Dome Technology Group definitely sounds like, you know, like, I'm Silas Harbinger, and I present to you the newest Black Dome Technology Group invention, the Eviscerator! And then, like, you know, like, the lights come up, and it's a giant evil robot. I'm just, I'm letting you know, and not war crimes.
We want to make that very clear to the congressmen in the room 